0: We need to really start tuning in and finding our gifts that have not changed. No matter where our body is, we still have those same gifts to offer.
1: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging, and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Last week we spoke with John Graham, the daredevil who scaled the north face of Mount Denali. It has not been done since, but now he works for his nonprofit called Giraffe Hero Project, and he's looking for heroes who are contributing to the overall good, and he looks all over the world at people of all ages. It's a fascinating interview. Check it out. And next week, we're gonna speak with comedian Regina Stoops. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we're speaking with Michelle Vinha Balsas, who's a certified intuitive eating counselor and body image coach and she helps women of all ages overcome shameful eating and body dissatisfaction. And today by audience request, we're going to be speaking with Michelle about menopause, both the challenges and the hidden gifts it has to offer. Hi, Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well i am delighted because this is a subject that a lot of people um, are thinking about they're questioning they're looking for answers Uh, my experience with clients is they even can feel out of control a little bit crazy talk about What people, what women can expect in, let's start with perimenopause.
0: Okay. Uh, You know, that is sort of the introduction, you know, and where things start to get a little bit um, irregular in terms of um, the menses, you know, the periods they start to get a little bit off, maybe uh, more days, less days, they start to skip months, Uh, probably and again I I should start this with everybody is different so we're all Mm -hmm. unique obviously and so we may all experience different things but the standard type of symptoms are just irregularities, you know, in everything, in mood, um, in periods, the frequency, um, the length, uh, the, um, the heaviness of them, you know, things like that. So, you know, and mood does definitely start to... Um, get a little, you know, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely diplomatic yeah. term. I'm yeah. going to use that. Yeah. Your moods are going
1: to get interesting. Yeah, they
0: definitely get interesting. And, and I certainly experienced, um, and my clients, most of my clients do also experience um, an increase in um, anxiety and also uh, for some, especially people who are predisposed to um, depression and anxiety, that typically increases during that time. Some not so much during peri, but definitely during actual official menopause.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's we can expect that. And I don't want to get sidetracked. I want to stick with the menopause. But I just want to add, while this is going on, you may be launching kids, reassessing your marriage or partnership, yep. thinking about retirement, mm-hmm. caring for older, yes. parents, you know, so yeah. it seems like the timing was not well thought out.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, like you said, there's a, there potentially could be a bunch of significant transitional things happening at the same time like us like a perfect storm you know mm-hmm. type of stuff you know there could be sandwich generation stuff there could be children going off to college so you're dealing with empty nest uh, you know some people they decide that they're no longer you know happy in whatever position jobs they may have and they may mm-hmm. want to be switching so there potentially are three four five six different things may be happening mm-hmm. all at the same time in addition to the body changing, Mm -hmm. not just physically Mm -hmm. but hormonally. Um, So it can be, um, it can be challenging, that's Mm -hmm. one word, it can also be a time to really reassess um, what someone wants out of their life, for 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 that second part of their life, you know, so there's opportunities there,
1: you know. I see, I see. So, Uh, Let's just talk a little bit more. You said the moods get interesting. Talk a little bit more about what symptoms you said anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else do clients come to you with and say, you know, I'm in perimenopause and this is what my body's doing?
0: Uh, And I also forgot to mention the loveliness of (laughs) the the (laughs) occasional, um, you know, the sometimes sleep is interrupted. That Mm. has a lot to do with the hormone fluctuations. Um, Sometimes people have night sweats uh, and then there's the flashes, you know, Mm -hmm. which are all triggered by the, um, the hormonal changes and also by, you know, stress and anxiety and things like that. So, you know, those are other things in addition to what's happening, um, you know, what may be happening outside around you. Um, I also experienced, like, an increased sensitivity to noises and things like that. I became, like, my hearing, it became, like, heightened and just just that, like, I was like, oh, like, very, very sensitive. I, I would say just in general, sensitivity seems to be, like, ramps up for a lot of different things.
1: Mm-hmm. What about um, appetite? Appetite,
0: uh, and again, you know i can't say often enough that everybody is different but because a lot of people experience increased um, anxiety, you know, and, and a lot of things, again, that sensitivity issue, so the stress is usually higher. And it, uh, the thing is that it, you know, it's, it's consistent. Like it's not just like you're, you're, in, you're in fight or flight a lot when you start mm-hmm. to go through this, you know. So your body is pumping that cortisol often. So that is going to naturally increase your appetite um and also you know as as we're going through these phases the meta excuse me the metabolic rate is naturally lowering our estrogen is also lowering so a lot of things are happening you know and it's it's very normal for the appetite to increase and of course we know like i said earlier when when stress is present um, frequently, appetite is increasing. So, again, there's there's just a lot of things happening at the same time.
1: So, uh, in your experience, in your practice, and this I understand, this is a, a you know a, a small. Part of the population, and you can't speak on the general population. But do you find that women are generally kind of going with the flow and and sort of accepting the changes, or is there a sense that oh my goodness, no, no, I don't want this? So mm-hmm. how do they? How are they oriented in your experience to these enormous uh, emotional life, you know, and body changes?
0: Well, it's it's a very challenging time for for the women that I work with. Um, and you know, again, like we said earlier, there's usually more than one significant transition happening simultaneously. So I think people are like, this is going on and this is going on this and. Mm-hmm. I have Mm -hmm. these symptoms, I'm in a meeting and all of a sudden I start flashing Mm -hmm. and I'm not Mm -hmm. sleeping well and so it really seems to compound everything. Um, The body, the physical body changes are very difficult for women to navigate emotionally um, because, you know, in many cases, you know, in some cases people are eating more. Um, Sometimes it is out of stress. Uh, There could be, you know, many, as you well know, many reasons why people are eating more. It could be for emotional reasons, it could be hormonal, Um, but some women are eating they feel similarly to what they always were eating and yet they're still weight is still um you know increasing and and during this period it is normal to gain you know average 12 to 15 pounds during this period of time so people kind of need to um, manage your expectations around that and instead what happens is that people start to you know cut out food groups or really like severely restrict food groups mainly carbohydrates because people swear that that is what's putting on the weight and you know really what's happening is the body is just changing and things are redistributing Mm. Um, but there's a lack of understanding of what actually what is actually happening in the body and so people blame themselves and then they start to restrict I see. And what happens
1: then when they start counting their carbs? What's the consequence of that?
0: They generally want more carbs because the body requires them for energy and there are... um, you know, that we have, we have needs and so the more we cut back on those carbs when we eat them, usually it's with such passion, you know, and veracity, it's like <laughs> you, know, you can't stop eating them because your body is literally starving for them. So you know, people need to understand what is happening and that cutting back or eliminating is not, is not the answer. You know, Mm -hmm. the answer is finding more balance and harmony in other areas. Um, And certainly, you know, eating in a way that makes your body feel good. You know, we we need to nourish our bodies from the inside out and be thinking, how do I want to feel when I'm eating? And really, you know, I like to call it investigative eating. You know, Mm -hmm. see, your body is going through massive, massive changes. Mm -hmm. So we need to be compassionate on all fronts. And that includes what we're choosing to eat. Um, so looking at food differently and looking at it as how you know how do I feel when I eat? X type of food or Mm -hmm. Y type Mm -hmm. of food. Do I feel good afterwards or do I not? You know, and then we can make more educated, nourishing choices based on that, not based on whether or not the food has carbohydrates in it or whether the food, you know, is deemed by um, society as bad or good. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going Mm -hmm. more with how we're feeling on the inside and how we feel sometimes the next day, you know, because certain foods they have Uh, the ability to make us not feel so great the next day. You know, there may be swelling, there may be bloating, um, but it's important for us to know, especially as we enter in this period of our lives, what foods are working for us, you know, and what foods are working against us in terms of how we feel
1: very different than a diet oh. which are external rules yes. that are not personal to does this make me feel better and energized Exactly. or right so that i think what you're saying is if there's any time to be more mindful and intuitive this is the time
0: agreed Agreed. because mm. things that people used to eat maybe in their 20s 30s maybe even into their 40s for whatever reason just may not agree with them anymore Mm -hmm. and it's not a calorie issue it's a this food just doesn't make me feel good you know Um, and then like I said then they can make choices based on that and it also opens up opportunities to try new foods which is kind of exciting Mm -hmm. you know or different combinations of foods.
1: Mm. Do you think most women um, suffer a kind of emotional loss or grief around no longer being able to bear children? Is that a pretty typical response? I think it's a
0: combination. I think that some people are rejoicing because because they because they don't have to deal with God, any, that's so Yeah, exactly. You know, I've heard both from my clients and just from friends, you know, saying, Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that anymore mm. But there is still like this like you know, like this low lying kind of like it's very evident then that it's a new phase of our life, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're no longer able to bear children. And there's something, I think a little bit, even though most of us, I would say, probably wouldn't want to bear any more Mm. children or go Mm. through that whole diaper phase, maybe with (laughs) grandchildren where they can go home. Right. But I don't know that many people, you know, into their fifties or sixties or whatever would really want to bear children again. But it's just the idea that you no longer can. That's, Mm -hmm. there's, definitely a morning I think there and that's certainly what I am experiencing and what many of my clients are like I don't want to have any more kids Mm. but it's always
1: nice to have that choice I see I see you know what I think about too is there's this little bit of a um, sense of this is a this is a marker and it's getting closer and closer to the conversation, right, of mortality. Oh
0: yes. Absolutely. Yes. It is it is a game changer. And like you're saying, this is the line in the sand. This is not for kids. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is definitely adult swim for sure.
1: Um, yeah. The, you, can, you can dress like a kid and, yeah. be, you know, you could do your hair. Yeah. You could do your face. You mm-hmm. can spend all the money in the world, but you can't get your childbearing years back. No,
0: you cannot turn back the clock. You cannot do it. And, uh, you know, there is... I, I think it's perspective, I think it's mindset, you know, there you can really stay in the past and, and mourn the, you know, adolescence and twenties and thirties, and, you know, even all the way through and, but where, how is that serving us, you know? So I think we just need to, um, and what, what I do my best to do every day and certainly how I coach around this is, what are we looking forward to, you know, and what what are the gifts, the hidden gifts you know, that we can find in this period of time of our life. Um, And it's, you know, it's not that it's, it's definitely different, you know, it's definitely different. And one of the things that, you know, I do a lot is, and I'm sure most of your listeners and certainly you do too, is, you know, read about these things because it can be very isolating, you know, to think that, wow, am I going crazy? I mean, Mm -hmm. what is happening here? Because the body is under you know, really significant, significant changes that we've never experienced before. Mm -hmm. And the emotional piece can be really challenging if you don't understand what's actually happening. So I feel coming from the standpoint of educating Um, ourselves about what is happening in my body because for me like that is like okay this is within the parameters of normal for this period of my life and I really want to understand this better so that I don't feel as frightened so that and it also helps to reduce the anxiety because the isolation is reduced and then we also understand it better and I think when people understand things better they can they can be a lot more I like to think that they could be more compassionate with themselves um, and with others when mm-hmm. they start to understand what are the chemical ramifications of this in the body. I um, see
1: that sounds very wise and I'm wondering I mean uh, you might know more about this and I know that you want to give us some uh, book titles but mm-hmm. I'm guessing that there must be some online communities of women who are going through this.
0: Y- um, there are. The ones I have found are on Facebook. They may, there may be some in other places. Mm-hmm. My only, um, I would just caution people that most of the groups that I have found online, and I'm actually considering starting my own weight neutral,
1: um, mm-hmm. menopausal,
0: um, health at every size group because they are focused so focused on weight so ah. focused on weight because that is what the buzz is and as we know mm-hmm. our culture is really stuck on the thin ideal mm-hmm. and I also feel that people equate aging with weight and they feel like as in many cases people are putting on some weight during this period it makes them feel in quotes frumpy you know oh. and so it there's you know there really the body image work is so so it's always important but it's specifically important I think during this phase because we need to really start tuning in and finding our gifts that have not changed no matter where our body is we still have those same gifts to offer you know um, and I think we need to start looking more at that Um, and not so much at the physical changes because if people focus on that which as you know is a distraction Mm -hmm. right Um, they'll really get uh, off track and I think that the symptoms can just be can exacerbate. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah I'm thinking about this as a real opportunity to Uh, You know, it's, it reminds me of adolescence in the sense that there's so many changes and Mm -hmm. so many mood changes and transitions and identity issues and maybe this is an opportunity to do it differently than many of us did in adolescence. Yes,
0: yes, because we have a lot more knowledge now, we know a lot more about ourselves, Uh, so I, yes, I agree. It is an opportunity to do it differently. Um, and you know, I think it's also an opportunity to approach this from, you know, I call it like a three-prong approach, even though that sounds kind of technical, but you know, I feel that there needs to be a physical component and emotional and a spiritual component to really managing, um, the feelings and the changes that happen during peri and during menopause. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to look at the whole person, not just at what many people are looking at, the hot flashes and the weight gain. There's so much more to it, and you've touched on that, you know, in terms of the identity changes that, you know, things change when, for people that have had children, you know, dealing with empty nest, and you're no longer in that that primary parenting role, so it's like, now what? You know, Mm -hmm. so there's a loss there, there's sadness there, there's a lot of different things to have to manage. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, as you said also, the mindfulness piece has to really come to mind. Um, Other emotional things that people can look at that I highly, highly recommend is um, making more intergenerational connections, you know, Mm -hmm. being with people of all ages because we all have things that we can offer. Um, and it's very, I am with, um, people, um, women that are older sometimes from my church group because, um, you know, that's part of the, the population there, but I love being with them because they help me to see that there is life after this, you know, Aww. there is, there is life after your children go off to college, there's life after menopause and these women are so vibrant, um. And to me, it's a reflection of what my future will be. And that makes me feel hopeful and excited. Uh, And I learn so much from them. And whenever I can, I hang out with young people because they teach me so much too. Mm -hmm. So across the board, just hang out with people of all different ages, shapes, sizes, socioeconomic, you know, Mm -hmm. we just, we need to keep feeding ourselves with this kind of great stuff. It's wholesome. Um, It is wholesome. And it's, it's really important and on the spiritual side, I think it's, you know, cultivating um, grat- gratitude practice has helped me tremendously in, mm-hmm. and cultivating more self-compassion for myself, which I'll be honest, was not easy and mm-hmm. something that I was completely <laughs> unfamiliar with until <laughs> I became, you know, I started reading more about Christian Dr. Christian Neff and her work. And for me, cultivating a self-compassion practice has been, I saved my life. Um, it has just, it has, it has allowed me to be so much more gentle with myself, with my body as it's transitioning, um, with my family. They're very thankful, (laughs) you know? Um, and so all of those things and, and physically like, you know, as our body is changing, we need to adapt, You know, so finding something, that joyful movement, not for weight loss or for maintenance, just for the joy of moving our Mm -hmm. bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've chosen to get into a routine yoga practice. And again, between that and meditation and Mm self-compassion, again, completely changed my life. And, you know, Nicole, I tried yoga probably in my early 40s. And... Mm I was like, this is not for me. I just, this is too slow. Like, I was a big um, spin person. So I I was into, like, the adrenaline thing. Intensity. Intensity. And now I'm like, slow it down, you know. Ah. And so as often as I can do yoga, I do it. Um, and it helps so much with our changing bodies and you know, as they say if you don't move it you lose it Oh, yeah, so we our backs our spines We got to keep moving them to keep all that seminal fluid moving around, mm-hmm. you know um, it Helps with osteoporosis. There's just so many benefits, but if yoga is not your cup of tea anything just keep moving, you mm-hmm. know um, so you know, of course, integrating the meditation will help with the anxiety that a lot of women experience during this period. It will help to clear our minds. It keeps the creativity flowing because our minds are clear and uncluttered. Um, so, I read
1: some research that meditation during menopause actually lessens hot flashes. Yep. I don't know if you saw that. I Isn't haven't, that but I don't, I'm not surprised. Not surprised.
0: not surprised at all, mm-hmm. you know, because I think from, and I think it's also important to like keep track, you know, of when these, when some of these symptoms become more um, prominent. So, you know, typically a lot of people are flashing more when they are, like you're saying, in a stressed state. So we need, these are times when we need to, as difficult as it is, need to slow it down a little bit, you know, and really just kind of get back in our bodies, Um, even though some place, even though oftentimes that's the place we don't want to be, it's the place we probably need to be. so it's it's really just getting to know ourselves on a very different level, um, and and going back to that self compassion piece. That is the piece that I find I had the most difficulty with, and my mm-hmm. clients to them, they they just shut down. They just it's so far into them. Also, they're just like I don't understand how this is going to help me, you know. Um, and then and then we go through it, but it's 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 not easy, but. If your heart and mind are open to it, it can transform your life.
1: Mm, I can imagine some thinking about some of the practices that, and I know you're you're familiar with Migret Fletcher's work with mm-hmm. diabetes and mindfulness yep. and this intuitive eating and the idea that when your body is having a hot flash and maybe instead of saying oh my gosh I'm sweating I look I'm all red it's annoying Mm -hmm. like something about you're trying to balance yourself and everything is out of whack and Mm -hmm. you're doing the best you can to get back into a state of you know hormonal balance that's probably a very different uh, framework than most of us uh <laughs> come to our hot flashes with yeah
0: i mean i i 100 percent you know that i love me and i love her work um she's she's fantastic but uh, acceptance mm. allowing and accepting is you know as the older i'm getting i'm seeing more and more that uncertainties are heightened you know, and, and Mm -hmm. the truth is they probably always were there, but for some reason, um, I feel like I feel them more now as I'm aging. I feel Mm -hmm. the uncertainties are coming at me faster. And I'm, again, I'm more sensitive to them. And when I started to learn more about the gifts of accept and allow, Uh uh, my, again, another thing to add to the, this changed my life and you know I I read and I listen to um Dr. Tara Brock a lot oh, I was just thinking I just, yeah just I mean, thinking
1: that I wonder if she's
0: talking about Tara oh, Brock. absolutely I mean yeah. she's like she is queen of that she's the queen and when I read Radical Acceptance oh. It was like, I felt like she was just, I was like, did she get in my brain? <laughs> did she, how did she do that? How you know? know, how yeah. does she know? And I have it on audio and, and to I, I still, I read it a while ago and I still listen to chapter four and five over and over mm-hmm. again. And also, um, Dr. Christian Neff's self-compassion mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it, you know, when you're in that state, the, uh, you know, you're fighting it, you're resisting it, oh, yeah, but it, it makes it intensifies it so we need to go into that allowing state you know and just like open up our hearts to it and say this really and the first step of self-compassion is knowing that we're struggling acknowledging that there's a struggle mm, you suffering, know, suffering the suffering suffering mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. suffering the next is acknowledging that we're not alone That we are Mm -hmm. not the only ones. And then, of course, the third step is in in sprinkling in kindness and compassion wherever we can as Mm -hmm. often as we can. Mm -hmm. But first, Mm -hmm. we have to acknowledge this is a moment of suffering. And we have to Mm -hmm. stop and be like, it's okay, Michelle, you're suffering right now. Mm -hmm. And then I have to Mm -hmm. just, I have to, I visualize my heart opening to it and just being like, allow,
1: allow. Am I remembering correctly, Tara Brock does a meditation that it sounds so simple, but it is so difficult, where she says, yes, 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 even though yes. she doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. It's like it is here, and yep. I'm not going to argue with mm-hmm. reality, and yep. there's something about saying yes that just changes the whole dynamic.
0: It does. It does. And, you know, some people use visuals, you know, I use the visual of my heart opening Mm -hmm. and just letting it in and just knowing that somewhere the universe is supporting me and that somehow I'm learning from this experience. And what I've learned is that I need to stay open as I can, you know, and I am human. So there are going to be times when I'm going to want to close off again and then Mm -hmm. I get the reminder open again.
1: Mm-hmm. Keep. Opening. I mean, you're just what you're describing, and maybe this is sort of ageist in its own way. But what you're describing really sounds like wisdom to me—the wisdom of learned experience. That yeah. I can say no, I don't want my kid to be challenging. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be snowing again in Syracuse mm-hmm. as it was this morning. <laughs> by the way, in April. In it's April. <laughs> in April. Ugh. You know, I don't yeah. want whatever, but here it is. Yep.
0: In spite of our Mm -hmm. not wanting it, it's still there. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do? I mean, you know, it's uh, resist, resist, persists. You know, you keep Mm -hmm. resisting and it's going to be persistent. It's not going to go away. So the alternative is to keep fighting that or to move into that as gently as possible into acceptance. And I believe that, like I said earlier, some we're going to still resist at times. It's like when we forgive, sometimes we take it back and then we go back and then we take it back and that's all part of the process. But, you know, with the allowance and the acceptance, it's a process. But like most of these things that you and I do with working, you know, we have to keep flexing these muscles mm-hmm. and then soon it becomes our default. Our default network gets reprogrammed mm-hmm. and we need to keep just exercising that and saying, okay, I know this isn't easy right now, but I'm going to keep going more toward the direction I want to move in. Then eventually it starts to get a little bit easier. Not at first, but these are radical concepts.
1: Yes, they are. And I'm just trying, I'm thinking about circling it back to a woman who might um, be getting really moody. Who mm-hmm. might be? You know, when you say night sweats, that's that's like a, a delicate way to say it. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the the idea of waking up and everything is soaked. Yep and you get up and have to shower i mean it is it's not pleasant it's alarming it is you know it can it be is. a little scary but this idea of oh gosh i feel terrible i'm sweaty i have to drink water i'm probably mm-hmm. dehydrated yep. and and yet and and what does tara brock says something like and this too and this too mm-hmm. she has am i am i quoting her right? i think does that so. Sound familiar it sounds something sort of like familiar. that yeah, yeah the idea of yup here it is yep, yes here it is right and not saying this is the worst thing ever mm-hmm. how am I going to function tomorrow mm-hmm. work I'm mm-hmm. tired I'm cranky mm-hmm. yep here it is
0: yeah yep mm-hmm. and just be like and again not easy but um you know so finding some tools in order to to manage that mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. getting cooler pajamas invest in a ceiling <laughs> fan <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we have to, we need to, it's happening whether we like it or not. Yes. So part of acceptance is getting that ceiling fan, if it has to be, or getting, you know, a freestanding fan, if it has to be in your face, it has yep. to be in your face. Yep. Get, you know, cotton, get natural fibers. The
1: prettiest water, thermal water yeah, bottle you can exactly, find. Exactly,
0: you know, mm-hmm. um, and just mm-hmm. invest in yourself because you want to be as comfortable as possible, you know, mm-hmm. and that goes for your clothing during the day too, you know, people, are so into Mm -hmm. i've gained weight blah 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 and they're wearing clothes that fit them like 10 to 20 pounds ago
1: i see So and how does that feel
0: that feels awful right Uh it's like a punishment almost you know um this is not the time or ever to be wearing clothing that doesn't fit properly you know um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so be comfortable and i think to me that's that's a you know a move toward increasing self-care and also moving into that self-compassion is how can I make my body feel comfortable while it goes through this transition and not being Mm -hmm. caught up in the number that's in the clothing but in how it makes you feel can mm-hmm. you move easily? Are the fibers comfortable on your skin? Because that's also another thing that sometimes people experience is skin sensitivity. Because there's dryness that happens when the estrogen levels drop. So what's going to be comfortable on your body? And loving yourself enough to be like, you know what? These clothes just aren't working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. I need things that work for me. And are know?
1: beautiful and I feel yes. good. And not yes. that are just hiding what exactly. I think is unacceptable body.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Comfort doesn't ne- doesn't mean that they doesn't have to be something that makes you feel good, like you're saying, you know. Shop around, you know, and find things that and take the time to do it and make it like an outing, you know, like a fun thing. And then plan something fun for after because it can be difficult for people to, to see that they may have changed in size, you know. And, and sometimes mirrors can for people can be very unforgiving. So plan something for after to do that you really look forward to that has nothing to do with the way you look, just mm-hmm. like someone you love, hang out with them, have lunch or dinner or whatever with a friend, go mm-hmm. for a massage or a facial, whatever you're able to do, maybe just go for a nice walk. It doesn't mm-hmm. cost a dime, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just love yourself up um, because <laughs> your body is, is going through something, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, and we just need to love it up the best that we can and that doesn't mean it's going to happen every moment of the day but I think that when we're focusing on on striving really to do that as often as we can without it being rigid we're going to be in a much much better position than if we're fighting it all the time.
1: Oh I love that message it just I think so many of our listeners will find that so freeing
0: Yeah. So I think that there are gifts here. I just think we need to look for them in a different way, you know. Um, And and I think that, again, if our hearts and minds are open to that, I think it's absolutely possible. Um, And I think it's just so important for people to know that um, our gifts are still there they're still there, you know, and we still have them to offer to others. Um, We're not over. We're not done. You know, our value hasn't changed. We are still the same, if not more, because now we have so much more knowledge to offer others. So we can bless people in that way also, you know, Mm. so it's not the end.
1: It's not the end at all. It's just different. That's that's such a beautiful message, Michelle. And I know you have some books that you wanted to recommend.
0: Yes, um, the first one that I read years ago was called "This is a funny name," Female Brain Gone Insane, <laughs> and that really it's by Maya London, and that really talks about um, the stress, the depression, potential of depression, anxieties, mm. and the chemical piece of it, which was. Very, very educational. Uh-huh. Um, the drop in serotonin, all of this, and how it's related—that book for me was mind blowing. I'm like, oh, now <laughs> I get it. Uh-huh. So that was a huge, huge piece. Um, another really good one um, is called *The Wisdom of Menopause* by mm-hmm. Christiane Northrop. Yes. Uh, another one that I absolutely love. That. Perhaps more into the spiritual piece of this is The Age of Miracles Embracing the New Midlife, and that's by Marianne Williamson. Mm-hmm. A beautiful book. Uh, the other one, and you know I love Margot Maine, is mm-hmm. Pursuing Perfection. Mm-hmm. That book mm-hmm. is fantastic. And then the last one that I mentioned before is Radical Acceptance mm-hmm. by Tara Brock. And Amen. anything by her, as far as oh. I'm concerned, is like, you know, just eat it up.
1: It's fantastic. Her I whole hurt. mentality. I heard this morning, it is not confirmed. This is a rumor. She is going to have a Netflix special. Really? That's what I hear on the street. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she, she and she does have a um a podcast also. Yes, she does. She's she's just I really just everything about her, even her voice like is so soothing. Mm-hmm. Um And you know, Radical acceptance is just great. Uh, She talks about so many personal things. And so does Marianne Williamson talks about um, a lot of personal things in her book. And when I read that, I was like, oh, thank goodness, I'm not the only one, Mm -hmm. you know, and she Mm -hmm. just talks about the challenges of the things that are no longer forefront, you know, like children, you know, that's not, that's not our primary focus anymore as, mm-hmm. as we go to this next phase of life and how sad she felt about that. And I said, gee, if Marianne Williamson, who's like queen of like spirituality <laughs> and and can, yeah. right, can feel sad, then so can I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have permission. Right. <laughs> I have permission now, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, and Margot Main is genius, but she talks about the body and the myths around midlife and you know things we can expect she also goes into talking about because most of her work that she does is helping people overcome eating disorders Mm -hmm. after in midlife so that is a big, big piece that people don't realize trying to, in quotes, recapture their youth, they have eating disorders because they want to be, you know, rail thin again because they think that that makes them look younger. Mm -hmm. And so all of these, these terrible things are happening and eat, you know, eating disorders, you know, from nine years old through who knows what age, you know, it can happen Mm -hmm. at any age and people need to really understand that that is, that is a reality you know mm-hmm.
1: yes so, absolutely that's i think that's that's very important and and um, i've done some research for another project and the renfrew foundation mm-hmm. you know the big uh for our audiences is yes. sort of the gold standard for eating disorder treatment is seeing mm-hmm. a tremendous rise in women over 45 coming yep. in to residential treatment for eating disorders yep it's, mm-hmm. that, is,
0: that is the truth and it's, it's, you know, an age group that most people really don't think about for creating disorders but mm-hmm. like you said, it's on the rise. Mm-hmm. It is on the rise and, you know, I think when people, again, when people educate themselves more and when they understand what is actually happening in the body, I think, you know, knowledge is power. You know, Mm -hmm. so the more we can feed ourselves with these positive influences, like books, like I've mentioned, podcasts, you know, listening, especially to a podcast like yours, where you talk about so many different things, but all like in the most positive light, (laughs) it gives people hope,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, especially during
0: a time when they're feeling so you know, depleted, Mm, you know, mm. in that particular area. So I just think, you know, keep the vibe up as much as you can in whatever way you can. And certainly movement, meditation, um, reading, listening to things that are nourishing, all of those things are going to help um, people during this this period of their life and beyond, you know, and Mm. beyond.
1: I love that message. Michelle. And for people who want to find out more about your work, where is the best place to find you? Uh, my website, probably. Uh, that is
0: um, www, my name, Uh And, you know, I've been kicking around the idea of starting a, you know, Haze or Health at Every Size, um, you know, weight neutral group. And mm-hmm. I, I'm really, I'm really kicking that idea around because, mm-hmm. I do belong to two or three, and I would say 95% of the posts are about weight.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and belly, how,
1: belly weight, I'm guessing. Yes, the belly weight, mm-hmm. because that's
0: where, um, you know, and what people don't realize is that the belly weight is actually, um, Margot Main describes it as a life spare tire or a life preserver. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and actually one of her clients mentioned that, and she talks about it in, in her book, Um Uh, pursuing perfection, that that extra weight is actually um, producing estrogen. So the estrogen that um, if people still have their female um, parts, you know, would stop producing, but they the estrogen needs to come from somewhere so the extra fat produces estrogen and that is actually helping to manage the um, the menopausal symptoms and it's also helping to reduce bone loss Wow. Yeah. So, what people think is like this horrific thing they have this spare tire, it's so disgusting, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's actually helping their bodies. I'm continually amazed at how our bodies take care of us. Mm. They're so smart. Mm -hmm. They're so smart and they're so intuitive. They're like, oh, look what happened the estrogen is no longer being produced and now so okay so what are we going to do we're going to produce it somewhere else so this is actually benefiting people and I think when people understand that they may not embrace it fully (laughs) the first moment they hear it Mm -hmm. but when we're looking at it from with that compassionate lens we can see thank you body thank you so much for taking exactly and that to me is so beautiful and that's a game changer I believe, and the way we look at that, um, and the way we can then move into that body respect, appreciation, and not be fighting, oh, I hate this, blah, Mm. blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's like, thank you, belly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, thank you, spare tire, Mm -hmm. taking good care of me. Thank you so much, Mm -hmm. you know. So again, it's loving, where we are or I don't know about loving but because some people really they have a hard time with that word and I understand that it's appreciating and respecting Mm -hmm. that our body is working on our on our behalf
1: Mm -hmm. in the most wise way that yes most of which we don't even understand yet exactly Mm exactly but it's it's working
0: to make it better for us long term, you know, and maintain as much bone density as we can to help reduce those symptoms. And thank you, body. Thank you for taking good care of me.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful way to end. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, body. Thank you for taking care of me. Yeah. Michelle, thank you so much. I really am looking forward to having our audience hear this because it is going to resonate so deeply with so many people. Um, I really appreciate your experience and your honesty and your wisdom. I think that it, it, it's going to do good things in the world.
0: I I agree. And I am tickled pink because (laughs) the thought of people like having more tools to, you know, to deal with this period makes me so happy. It just, Mm. I love to share what I know. And Mm. if somebody's like, oh, I'm not alone, then to me, that's like the best thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. Thank you
1: again for joining me today. Thank you,
0: Nicole. Thank you so much. I really appreciate, um, you allowing me to share this with everyone.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. And next week, we're going to speak with comedian Regina Stoops. She's from a town in the Midwest called normal but she says she's anything but. Regina's humor centers around her numerous coming out experiences. Prepare to laugh at her really sweet humor and be touched by her powerful stories of resilience. And please consider becoming a patron of the show you will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the zestful aging community keep us going strong go to patreon.com/zestfulaging see you next time for another episode of zestful aging